Hi, welcome back to Don't Bottle That Shit with Olivia Sagai. Today I've got my lovely friend Harriet on and she's coming to talk to us all about her experiences with anxiety. Why don't you tell us a bit about your um, mental health kind of story, like when you sort of started having anxiety? Yeah, so, I mean, I would fully just say that I feel like as long as I can remember, I've had mental health problems and it's always been something that I've been quite aware of even like you know starting even school time I remember just being so anxious about Mm. silly things like my mum not picking me up from school or um you know my friends not talking to me that day I can remember it even starting with that basically um and sort of as time got on and as time um carried on and life got a bit harder and I was dealing with shit as I was just growing up um I started to kind of realize that there was definitely um a problem and I wasn't I didn't see my friends struggling as much as I did yeah having as panic attacks or um problems with things like that um I mean my sort of general diagnosis I guess is um anxiety and depression and pretty bad SAD which I'm like obviously suffering with a lot like the most exciting thing is when the sun starts coming out again and oh my god I love it you know yeah SAD is like so crazy it was kind of weird I only got the SAD diagnosis probably about a year ago um because I was kind of going to my um psychiatrist you know like this is crazy I'm not really understanding why I'm having all these problems so much more in the winter and it wasn't just the classic like darkness thing but um yeah, yeah it was kind of a, a long journey really with my mental health and um it was only really by the time I was sort of 13 14 my parents had a pretty messy divorce um that I was quite you know involved in um and that sort of triggered a lot of things I think I'd always had you know I, I just wasn't really aware that it was such a problem until it sort of come up with all these triggers with yeah. your family life and not being able to deal with stuff when I was 13 14 15 that I then sort of realized that it was a big problem yeah it is it is interesting how like things like trigger it to get worse that like I know that my um OCD and anxiety got so much worse during A levels and I mean I was already getting help before then and that's kind of a classic thing to like make them worse mm-hmm. but um it is interesting how like how something can be triggered so much by something that's you know not actually actively related to your mental health um disorders definitely that was always a thing I I think is just seeing that like and I think that's now sometimes why I really freak out when I can see the triggers coming and I can see that Mm. there's about to be something really like heavy that's going to happen in my life or something that's really traumatic because I'm thinking oh gosh I know I don't deal with this very well um there's a trigger sort of coming on the horizon but um yeah definitely for me I think also I mean Olivia and I went to school together and um no one really spoke about stuff um and no one really you know kept up with each other much and also even then that was what good six seven years ago before mental health was this like big thing that we yeah. talk about on social media and that we were all talk about yeah. and you know there was more support readily available um and also at that age you're kind of like am I going through just normal teenage life or am I going yeah actually yeah. a mental health problem um it was it was so weird um 
it it just wasn't like there was just so much drama all the time and like obviously if you have an anxiety disorder that's gonna like affect it more and like I, I remember I used to care so much what people thought about me when I was like 13 14 and I think that's why I started like having mm-hmm. really bad OCD symptoms um and mm-hmm. yeah it was just like an unpleasant you just felt like you were being judged every like thing you did at school um by everyone around you because you would hear like other girls conversations with each other and um yeah like I mean I'd been at all girls private since I was like four years old so I was just that was all I ever knew cattiness and people just uh, well I mean especially more so that you see with girls is just really targeting each other emotionally and really yeah pushing each other's buttons deliberately when they know that there's calculated yeah exactly and I also think so much with our school as well was was the um real push of if you're not at Cambridge if you're not at Oxford if you're not a doctor a lawyer that was a big cause of my anxiety was sitting around watching all these other girls like you know go and do crazy things and have the real push from teachers real push from my parents of you know like we've we've mm. paid for school this whole time and um you've got to do well it was very high pressure. yeah and, and there was me turning around at 18 being like stuff all you lot I'm literally gonna go off and do fashion and just go completely yeah. what I'd been told my whole life at school um yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah a high pressure environment some people you know respond really well to pressure but obviously if you've got like anxiety disorder or other mental health problems you're not going to respond well to pressure at all like the pressure for a levels like we were kind of told the whole way through um kind of told the whole way through the start of school like oh um you know they're doing their a levels like it's kind of bigged up in in every school to be like the be all and end all of life and I remember just sitting down with my dad one day and my dad was like most of my most successful clients never did even did a levels like don't mm-hmm. don't worry like it's not it's not the be all and end all that you know like the culture kind of made it out to Definitely. be well that's exactly it like if I if I could have said one thing to like myself back then is really just that this whole like push and pressure that you are getting from everyone around you and the girls that are sitting there that are getting straight a stars the whole way through and moaning about it yeah yeah you could uh, well like you and me are looking at each other so triggered right now even just thinking about it but the thought yeah just just the pressure that I think that is so ingrained within these girls schools it's crazy it's it's kind of like this culture that I mean you see at at most private schools um like loads of my friends at uni who have gone to different ones um have, Mm. have said the same thing that you know it was this really high pressure environment where you know creatives aren't given as much time or you know like it's it I don't know it just the comparison between other girls wasn't just you know a social thing oh they're skinnier than me they're prettier than me it was like Mm -hmm. they're doing way better than me academically it it was just ridiculous um really difficult to deal with especially when you're like 13 14 like your hormones going a bit crazy you're not really knowing what's normal either and what's yeah you know what's actually and and looking back that's then the thing that I do actually see is such a you know I mean everyone has triggers in the way that our lives are, mm. are, are um 
you know given to us and things like that it was never my choice to go to that school it was never my choice to mm-hmm. you know be put into that environment but definitely looking back now I can see it as such a trigger for you know and it, and it was a, a thing that definitely made my anxiety worse I almost think if I was in a more normal school would I have had like less of that stress and yeah. less of that you know real push to do stuff but yeah. I guess it's given us both a very good drive to do things and it's just that I put yeah. that drive into something so conservative mm. and traditional and you will be a doctor or a lawyer you know that's yeah. not what I'm doing it it just yeah it it was just the um even in in literally any subject it was just so high pressured and and I don't think I don't think at schools like in general there aren't these like people that are trained in well-being and like students well-being like it's only now kind of being mm-hmm. treated as like a big factor of like um of like you you need a person that's trained in this um kind of like at uni they've got people that are trained in you know well-being how to support students and stuff um whereas there's not really yeah I I think in in most schools people don't wouldn't weren't offered counseling in in at the time we were at school like it's weird because we were you know very much in the generation of sort of change around mental health but it is kind of only now in the last sort of three four years that it's sort of come about this new culture where people actually you know are more open to talking about it and stuff and yeah I remember even even at school it was quite weird to like it was weird to know like whether I was normal or not because I remember so many of us had anxiety disorders um like I think there was like one of our classes that like two-thirds of us had anxiety disorders or like mental health disorders it was our art class because obviously girls that had um you know more mental health problems were much more creative and out there Mm. when it came to expressing themselves and I mean you know I I don't want to use that as a generalization but definitely like we all sat there thinking hmm we're all kind of in one class together all of us are having problems right now but then that was a great thing because I think I used to almost rely a lot on those art classes where we could actually all sit and chat and chat about struggles and chat about things that were going on um that would never have been allowed in other classes or the other girls just interested you know we we definitely all sort of forms yeah. um you know such a community that's yeah. why I think this that's why I'm so like gassed to be on today because it's so nice that like I can, you know just... yeah it's lovely to have like a friend friend that like you know we we go back a long way and you know we might not have been like best best friends at school but like you were such a pillar of support for me like throughout the whole thing because we were we sort of had the sort of yeah. same trajectory and timeline for the whole for the whole um oh, thank you you know when we first started seeking help when we first started you know getting our diagnosis it was yeah. very like um similar times I remember um yeah. and it was very very helpful yeah yeah definitely that's exactly it you were definitely a, a shoulder to lean on and I think we really supported each other through so um no I'm really glad now look at us. now look at us baby <laughs> um even art now is is something I rely on a lot for my mental health like I think creatives do need to be invested more um in schools and in um universities and stuff because it they are like essential for our mental health like I remember even like art is just one of the only things that I can do that quiets my OCD mm-hmm. um and it's very rare that I find something that quiets my OCD yeah. <laughs> um no matter how stressed I am yeah 
but um yeah I was gonna ask like what sort of first made you like realize you had anxiety you've sort of already answered this a little bit but I was just wondering if you might Um, like be able to like elaborate a little bit yeah I mean I guess I would probably say this comes with a little bit of a of a trigger warning really but I think I kind of got to sort of 14 15 you know I was a couple years into my parents messy divorce and then you know there was a lot of problems around Mm. that and I really remember just being so severely anxious depressive um very much in a hole feeling fairly you know suicidal and um Mm. at that age I was just sort of thinking is this really it like am I really just gonna sit in school do this go to uni then pretty much from there onwards you just work your whole life like is that really life like I had no Mm. joy in anything I had no um sort of I I just didn't see any anything that was going to be something to look forward to um so yeah pretty depressed pretty suicidal and um my mum sort of realized that we'd never really openly spoke about mental health I think she'd always known that I was fairly anxious yeah um and my mum had kind of turned around to me and said you're not okay I, I, I don't think and um I'm going to take you to um the priory and I mean the priory is an absolute godsend that we have in the UK like you know hospitals all over the country um private and you know I was obviously so so grateful and I like to this day I'm so grateful that I've been able to have the support that I've had because I really know that it's so difficult Mm. to get and it's not available but yeah we went to the priory I sat down had about you know two hour chat with a psychiatrist and I just said everything that I needed to say I've been holding so much in I really didn't have that many friends um at school that I was like very you know sort of open with and it really was that now looking Mm. back people really didn't speak about their problems and what was going on it was very much that shit yourself like and I got sorry, let it all out, felt like a total weight lifted off my shoulders. Like the drive home with my Mm. mum, I literally couldn't stop smiling. I just remember saying to her, like, I've wanted to say all of these things for years. And, you know, I've been feeling so, so low and in a hole and not able to get myself out of it. And then, yeah, started a programme at the um, Priory. And um, I honestly would have said, like, without them and without me having been in when I was you know 14 15 I would not be here today like they are genuine Mm. real real angels that work in hospitals and like they are literally the most amazing people and the most supportive people and it's like so amazing that you can keep going and keep seeing the same person and I'd have yeah you know eating specialists and a, and a therapist that was fully trained in dealing with you know the problems that I had and dealing with girls my age and it was just amazing um and pretty much since then it's just that mm. I've always had a therapist since you know and only in the past like mm. week two weeks have is, is now the first time you know I'm turning 21 this week and I kind of was like you know what I'm turning 21 I feel like what seven years of therapy now I'm kind of at the end of it I feel like Mm. I'm 
very, very equipped with the ways to deal with things. Um, and I've tried loads of different therapy. I mean, for me, the best was CBT therapy and the whole sort of retraining of the brain and retraining of um, yeah. alternative thoughts. And, and, you know, if I haven't got proof, like, yeah. that was a big, big problem with, with me was, um, you know, such black and white thinking. There was no middle ground. And even now it's still something I really yeah. struggle with. You know, there's still all of these certain areas that are you know struggling areas but um yeah just to have that sort of thing and you know somewhere to go to and have a proper like course and sort of trained you know what's it called like a like a trained journey that you're going to be doing until you're at the end of it yeah yeah yeah, no it's so good but yeah I I literally just I cannot advise anyone anymore other than to get therapy and to just you know really have like a great journey with it because it's so so worth doing if you can get if you can get it yeah it literally like transforms transforms your life (laughs) um what was I going to say yeah I think the I think the black and white thinking is like really common in people with anxiety disorders I know that whenever I'm anxious about something or even whenever I think I've done anything wrong like a little like little thing I'll be like oh my god that person hates me now if I've like said I don't like like that that cheese or whatever I'll like that was such a stupid example but like I'll be like oh my god they hate me now they hate me like that's it and it is this whole like (laughs) like it is weird how our brains do just like it's very like black and white and you know when you yeah. when you do access therapy and keep going they sort of do help you see things in a more you know in a better way more nuanced way like I I got I would yeah. get told to like think of what what if the situation was reversed like would I if if I was if one thing that my friend did upset me would I start hating them no <laughs> like yeah. it is I think it's so you start to get more rational models. yeah more rational yeah. thinking and and a and a mindset reset like I mean the as I said like I've done therapy for you know, like seven years now I've had a few different therapists once I came out of the priory and you know I'd always try and get through and say I don't really need one now it would go yeah. by months, something really triggering or traumatic would happen mm. And it would be a whole nother situation of, okay, right, need to do this. And just the journey from going from having that first therapy then to now is so different because, you know, I'm now an adult, I'm dealing with adult problems, you know, especially like my therapist for the past um, year and the, the difference that I've seen in the way that we deal with things and the way that we talk about things, because I, I mean, I had a whole different thing of like I'd just come out of a four-year relationship that was very intense and you know again a lot of problems around that and come out of that and then had done a complete bender for the past 10 months and (laughs) so common to do though it's so common to do and you know what when I was a when I was younger I it was and like speaking about it with my therapist again all of these things are self-destructive behaviors they're self-harming in some sort of a way and you know abusing the drink and the partying for the past 10 months and like getting, getting so hooked on on the parties and just being free and and you know I had a lot of um 
stress sitting there thinking like I was only getting my happiness from boys and like going out yeah getting likes on Instagram me being popping in whatever way I could be like yeah and and just seeing the difference even in how in how therapy then changes as you go through your life and that there's then different ways to deal with things and now more adult way to deal with things um and definitely ways that I've learned that I now need to deal with and knowing that I've got a fairly addictive personality I think and yeah that's exactly why I'm here like going completely against yeah. the grain with school dyeing my hair crazy colors like getting tattoos yeah. like just doing, just doing that the thing that I can do that takes away that sort of side that I was always trying to control and keep within and just be a bit yeah. like just crazy and fun with it I guess let go of it <laughs> yeah yeah, I think I think we are kind of fed this narrative from like a very young age that you have to have everything together and you have to um yeah. you know know what you want to do um like live in a certain way and it's very rare that people actually do end up living in that way when they're told that that's the only way that they can um thrive as a person what what would you sort of say was your kind of like worst point for your mental health like throughout your life and and sort of how did you get yourself out of that how did you you know recover from that like bad point um I feel like there's probably a few occasions that I could really um go into I mean obviously that initial like pit that I was really in for a couple of years when I was um you know 13 to 15 and really struggling at that time was definitely like my low initial point that I'd realized okay this isn't this isn't really normal um but it was definitely I in fact I would probably say it's even been within the past Mm. year or so um that I I really do go through phases of being so low so in a hole so unable to get myself out of it and then being on total highs and I think, and a lot of it again comes with the whole SAD thing as well. And and the more I'm starting yeah. to understand that and the whole reasoning behind that, I'm really seeing that, you know, I really am high on top of the world. Nothing can stop me in the summer and the winter I'm in a total hole. So I think my, I don't know, I probably mm-hmm. would just say my lowest points have just been really depressive times. Um, and you know, as I said, I go through that every few months, I, I'd probably say, but I think I'm getting much better at controlling it. The things that are really helping is really sticking to a routine mm. and having a strict routine. I didn't realize how much it was affecting me, but not getting out of bed until one, two o'clock. And don't get me wrong, I still do this a lot of the time these days. And I'm really trying to get the routine more back into my life. But, you know, getting out of bed at one, two o'clock in the afternoon, not eating until six o'clock when I could just about drag myself out of bed just to make food. And not, you know, that whole process of not getting out of bed, not having something to eat, yeah. not getting outside for even if it was just a walk, if you can exercise even better. But just sitting, saying to myself, right, I'm getting up at this time, you know, having, an, yeah. having a shower is an achievement, having my breakfast is an achievement, getting something done being able to leave the house these are all achievements and breaking it down way more yeah and sitting there and saying okay you know just doing this small step that seems like nothing to someone else is such a big step for me 
and um mm. you know by being able to sort of stick to that routine a bit more I think massively helped talking to people obviously is like the main thing that I still swear down by um and if that's not with my therapist that you know I'm no longer have a therapist and sitting there and saying to her what am I gonna do how am I gonna do this and she sort of reframed it in saying Harriet you only ever see me for like two hours a week and that's nothing think about how many hours in your day you are dealing with your stuff by yourself Mm -hmm. and you are so okay and you are managing you see me for two hours a week if you can put that time into journaling into talking with people into making sure that you're setting time in your week especially just for your mental health with with or without a therapist is a great thing to do and a a big thing that definitely helped me re sort of Mm. I don't know reframe my mind in that side of things also was just getting up and doing the whole gratitude thing like the gratitude thing is so amazing and I know so many friends that really really stick by that mm. you know by getting up every single day and just saying wow the sun's shining I've got a roof over my head I've, I'm about to make a really nice lunch or I'm about to go and see my friend or I'm going to go and FaceTime my friend or just think of all these like lovely things that you are so grateful for in your life and just by telling myself these things that I was so grateful for mm. and things that other people didn't have and I think lockdowns made a lot of us realize that about the basic things that we're very very grateful for. you know just li- simply being able to have a roof over my head and food mm. in the fridge was just good enough to sort of make me sit there and think I don't know why I'm sitting in this um you know depressive hole but the longer yeah. that you do that and the longer that it becomes just a common way for you to live and for you to start your day the more that your mind getting completely you know re Mm. you know just changing and it's just getting reframed yeah it's about like um positive reinforcement so like proving to yourself when you don't think that you can do something that you can so like with me if I think oh I can't start work now um and then I think nope Olivia you're starting work now do an hour of work watch a lecture something you then feel better for the rest of the day it's that getting up do something you don't want to do seeing it as an achievement as well as not just seeing it as you have to do seeing it as part of your daily life exactly and just re seeing it in a different light I think is 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 definitely a big thing and just being more grateful that you're able to do it is is a good way to yeah I think Mm. yeah I think yeah that's definitely you know good for people like um like us that have like had therapy now but like obviously when you're in like a really depressive hole um that is the beauty of therapy it can make you it can turn you into someone that you know can manage their mental health by themselves by doing these like little things like that takes like two minutes at the start of your day and that makes you feel immensely better exactly um even actually and everyone has different things yeah Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone does have has different ways of dealing with things. And I think a lot of it is about real trial and error within yourself knowing and seeing ways that you're dealing with stuff better. And the amount of times I sit there and just say to my friends, oh, you know, try dealing with it this way whenever they're talking about something or struggling with something. And I've really got a lot of my friends on the gratitude thing because just getting up and 
seeing the world in a different light and seeing all these things that other people don't have or that you do have and mm. just a way to be grateful for for things that other don't really you know and and we are so privileged and come from from such yeah background and I think because it I, that was all I was surrounded by you know coming to back into London and being around different people and seeing different sides to life it definitely makes you realize that I really have been stuck in this bubble of privilege and this bubble of everyone just being so you know materialistic and so money obsessed and that kind yeah. of thing and and just seeing more of like the basic core things in life that we just have to be so grateful for you know yeah I think also social media like feeds us this rhetoric that you know people are happier than you people have more than you and it's this whole like striving to be yeah. like better all the time and I know Grace Beverly like talked about this on one of her um uh Instagram stories the other day and she was like I've I've learned that actually contentment is more productive for me than thinking like don't get me wrong like I have a work drive whatever but you know if you're not content in yourself and in you know what you're what you're doing day to day and with your life if you're constantly reminding yourself that people have it better than you people have this and that you forget about all the people that have it worse than you and and it is easy to slip into a um into a sort of depressive episode when you are you know just constantly reminding yourself um of people who you know look like they're doing more than you look like they're like thriving more than you look like they're happier than you when most of the time it's it's nothing like what you see on social media one of my friends um said this the other day I said oh that looks so fun she was like yeah actually was yeah but it just looked that from a 30 second snapshot story I can sit and chat about socials for ages because it's something that sadly I've become so hooked and obsessed with and um Mm. I mean I think there's a different side to it definitely within like you know being creative and being within fashion is that like yeah I have to do it I have to do it in order to get jobs in order to get um paid yeah I have to do it in terms of like you know keeping current and all of that kind of thing but I'm just as guilty for showing the only the best parts of my life and only the things that are what I want to show and me looking the best or me in that outfit you know it's and it's there's no real side to it I'm normally literally sat in bed no shit not doing anything unable to move unable to get out like (laughs) yeah if I really really was so true about it and I I mean it's a constant thing I'm really trying to get as you know as open as I can on there and be more you know, going on no makeup, going on chatting about having a shit day, going on yeah. talking about stuff. I mean, it was the same with, um, I had a, a operation start of um, December, which was honestly the biggest thing I've ever had to deal with in my whole life. Like for me, a real yeah. anxiety trigger was hospitals, being ill, um, having an infection. Yeah. Like, especially in a pandemic exactly yeah so but even just like that had just been my worst fear my whole life you know I'd had panic severe panic attacks and passed out several times when I was 
you know, 12, 13, getting the booster jabs. Oh my God, I remember that. In in PSHE, when you fell off your chair. passing out. Yeah, I thought you were. I thought you were literally like moaning about something. What what video was it? Was it like a first aid video exactly, or see, something? That's the funniest thing is that we can literally talk about it and you remember. Yeah, it was literally a first aid video. Needles, yeah. blood, and I just panicked, passed out yeah. in front of the whole year group. And from that point onwards, I was kind of like, okay, like this medical thing is is like really really bad for me. And I'd never even taken therapy. I'd never. Yeah, I'd never, I'd never even sat there and even thought I, I could potentially even get over it. So anyway, I get ill and um, my doctor's okay. like, right, we need to get you into um, hospital. We need to do a full operation. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I was like, this is really, really the <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, it's going to be a proper surgery and um, we're going to have to put you under anesthetic. The thought of seeing that needle in my hand was the worst thing I've ever had to deal with. Yeah so that was exactly it so I sat there and said no I'm not doing it if I'm doing it you can do the whole operation I'll be awake like I'd rather deal with the pain in the needle um anyway months of therapy later and really talking about it doing I think especially like you know anyone listening that's having um something that's really triggering you know whatever it is it doesn't have to be medical related but doing the whole um I think it's I was it it's exposure answer, response prevention whole, like, um, ERP yeah yeah exposure exposure therapy I mean obviously I couldn't be going and doing the whole um process like in a hospital especially in lockdown but um we did the whole like closing my eyes and doing a whole hour therapy of the journey of okay I'm getting in here now then I'm going into my room then the doctors yeah. are going to come in and talk to me then they're going to wheel me down like doing the whole immersive exposure therapy massively helped because I could visualize it and so that was yeah I go in I'm totally by myself corona times I can't have anyone with me (laughs) and you can imagine sorry it was the way way you said it yeah honestly but you can also imagine it like me just being like okay I've done months of therapy working up to this exact day like for me to be able to and this is how I'm linking it with the socials thing was that I literally did put it on my story being like, today is about to be the biggest day of my life. Seriously, like yeah. in terms of my anxiety and the triggers and dealing with it, that this is about to be the biggest thing for me to overcome. You know, yeah. you have all that. Over- it's it's like, empowering to share it exactly. as well. I was so it's proud like- of myself. I came out, I was hysterically crying that I'd done it and don't get me wrong I was hysterical the whole time before and I had no one with me and I really did I just said to them like you know let's chat and you just sedate me down because I can't deal with this um and once it was all done I sat there and I was fine I did it I got over the needle there like phobia that was my biggest biggest fear in life was anything medical and I got over it and now I'm so fine to do everything and it and it really made me realize that sometimes in life you really do just have to take those risks and they are going to be really difficult but the feeling and the like you know reward that you get on the other side is so amazing because now I know that I can go in I can go in and I can like it's when it like your, your mental health was like affecting your physical health from you not wanting from your phobia of needles you didn't want to get exactly. like you know looked after properly by doctors um and it, it is, it exactly is weird it. how we do, you know, like get scared of like the medical 
sort of professions and like needles and everything like that because I'm I'm the same I don't have like a phobia but I cannot deal with gore and um any like needles anything like that they freak me out I I can get injections actually I'm not bad with them but like the thought of something like blood tests freak me out the thought of like I've never had a blood test (laughs) really bless you never um the thought of like um the thought of like a tube in my hand freaks me out wow. beyond belief um, yeah and, that, and it's that weird exactly, because that's exactly it. it I think it's it's all it's a natural reaction um, reaction especially also because for me I've always known that like my biggest triggers happen and like one of my biggest problems is just spiraling when I'm not in control and yeah. so then the thought of being so out of control that I'm not even physically conscious like that was the worst part for me was that there's no control here I'm putting my whole like life and trust into these people that I don't know that are just about to like you know completely wipe me out and and do a whole operation and my life is totally in their hands you know that was the scariest part is that I'm fully handing over control and I think for anyone with anxiety control is a real real issue yeah you know especially like like that's sort of similar to like people that are scared of like planes and stuff like um you know your your life is in someone else's hands for that amount of time and exactly. it can be very very stressful I, I used to be quite scared of flying but um it's weird like with with my OCD because mine is quite like I get like harm OCD like I get scared I'm gonna harm myself and scared I'm gonna harm like others um I kind of like the control to be in other people's hands because it means that I'm not going to be at fault if something goes wrong or something happens or whatever um it's really strange um and I think it's no, like I definitely that. yeah a it's bit like responsible like responsibility on you then I guess yeah yeah it's the responsibility thing not the um control like I like to be in control but I don't like to be responsible <laughs> which you have to be in life um <laughs> so yeah therapy's really helping with that sort of stuff as well um but no it is it is funny how different people um how different people's anxiety works in different ways um yeah and everyone has their own triggers and fears and and like for me it was just such a big deal to be able to get over this because obviously I knew regardless whatever happened in my life I was going to have to deal with going into hospital having yeah injections thank god I did it in December ready for the vaccine yeah like yeah I mean I'm sitting here thinking if I can't get on a holiday because I can't have an injection we're gonna have to sort this out (laughs) physical health now don't care holiday (laughs) I need that I need to get out (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny (laughs) oh my gosh um yeah I was just gonna ask aside from like the gratitude stuff like um what sort of other tools in therapy that you use when you can kind of notice yourself about to sort of um not relapse but about to sort of struggle with something do you like what sort of tools do you use from therapy like what how do you help yourself like day-to-day basically and manage it yeah um I think day-to-day really is just I mean yeah as I said the routine thing is a big part of it knowing that each day is a new day each day mm. the sun comes up again I think we are so pressured especially uh, especially at our age that um 
you have to be so aware of what you're doing, what your next career move is, what your next relationship yeah. move is, what your next every move is, that mm. we are so pressured into looking to the future and trying to plan stuff and freaking out when we haven't got the right career moves in. Yeah. So definitely like a way to definitely pull my anxiety down was just realize that I'm so doing okay. I'm really yeah. like managing. If I haven't got yeah. all my career stuff together, that's okay. Like these yeah. are the times. You're 20. This like, is exactly it. Yeah. And this is one of 40. the biggest things. Exactly. This is one of the biggest things that I always say. This is the time in our life to make these mistakes. This yeah. is the time. That's why I didn't beat myself up so much when I was on a bender for like 10 months straight. Because I was just sitting there saying, like, this is the time that I need to do this to get it out of my system, to understand the way that I deal with things, yeah. to, to see that, the, you know, it's okay. It's so okay to make mistakes. This is the yeah. time to learn and to grow and to process these things. Um, I think definitely also, I guess, in terms of like physical symptoms of um, anxiety, um, meditation and breathing exercises, mm. massive. Yeah. um I mean my whole life I've always had people trying to push exercise onto me and I absolutely yeah. hate exercise I cannot stand <laughs> it there's no fun in it I'm just running <laughs> out of breath I there's no enjoyment but everything that everyone said to me my you know my mum and um my therapist I'll oh, just go and work out you'll feel so much better get the endorphins da, 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 da. yeah and it's taken me a very very long time to even find something that actually does give me that release and that's literally by me yeah. having you know like a personal trainer now um mm. and literally like not being able to say no not being able to you know give up not you know having someone yeah. on to you and shouting at you because definitely I've now seen a big difference in what everyone was saying in exercise matters but I just couldn't find that thing that I got into it was always just a real like mm. I, I'm hating doing this um and like but, motivation as well yeah it's yeah. it's difficult to like motivate yourself sometimes I have but this app that's like um what is it Nike training club mm. and it's like it's like you can start a program and it's basically like having a personal trainer yeah. and it's completely free oh and I've put in like body weight because I don't have weights um and you can say like what you want to work on and stuff and there's this program that you follow and it's this woman that's okay. basically like like talks to you the whole way through the workouts and it's like come on do it and I'm like okay <laughs> that push and honestly like yeah that was the main thing for me is that I can't wake up in the morning and let him down and say like, no, I'm yeah. not coming. And, you know, it's messing up his day. I'm, I have to be responsible. I'm going to get up. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to feel great after, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, definitely just having that, a real thing that also help, helped, which is definitely something they teach you a lot in sort of CBT. And I was doing a lot of, um, it's called schema therapy and sort of compassion mm. therapy over the past um six months has really helped and um a lot of the the stuff that got me through my operation was I would do the expert obviously this is like perfect for now in the correct in like COVID yeah. as well because therapy wasn't face to face but doing yeah. the exposure therapy for an hour then coming off doing meditation for half an hour 
burning a mm. candle or having like essential oils and associating the I didn't realize how like crazy our brain is in linking these things but you know yeah. having a meditation or breathing time or really just calming time alongside a smell or mm. anything like that was crazy because then I took the same essential oils like I had like you know, loads of um like different lavender oils and candles and teas and stuff but by yeah. associating them with the calming time after my therapy and then taking mm. it into just before my operation the smell and the link in our brain of okay this smell means I'm calm and this smell means yeah. I'm like feeling fairly relaxed it's kind of like I just didn't realize that our brain links these things so much that yeah yes by then having that smell there again really just released that's so um interesting I I I read that um I read that if you like wear a certain perfume or certain deodorant when you're like studying you can recall knowledge better when you're in an exam and like you're you're wearing the same scent and I guess it's the same thing like you link like it's it's so weird how all of our senses are connected and um interconnected and I guess that probably works for sleeping problems as well and like loads of different like Definitely. Well, also, I was even going to say, like, on the perfume idea, I always go through um, just phases of my life with different perfumes and then switch it up again once the bottle's done. Yeah. And literally, sometimes if some of my friends are wearing a certain perfume, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm smelling you. I'm 17. And (laughs) I can literally smell back to that time in my life. Yeah. That's triggered. Like, really, really (laughs) triggered me. Like, for whatever time it was or to whatever thing it was, Mm. um, but yeah, I don't know, it's just crazy. I really didn't realise how much our brains link things. And obviously it's so positive for times when you really are on the edge of panic and you really are, yeah. you know, getting but um definitely just the whole process of that and also um the whole like tensing your body and realizing like the senses that you're feeling and just being able to yeah. relax. You know, if you're about to go into a panic attack, and by being able to ground yourself a lot in mm. in the, I I don't know I can't remember really what it's called properly, but the whole like holding tensing your your hands and tensing different parts of your body and doing a whole full body scan it's so good and so so useful. Is there anything else like finally that you'd like to say to everyone? Um, anyone listening like struggling? Um, just that I think everyone just needs to know that every day is a new day we're always going to be a day old we're always going to be at different points in our life and it's so okay to struggle and it's so not a shameful thing to to go and get therapy that's like one of the biggest things that I'm always always telling people there is absolutely no shame in getting therapy there is no shame in needing help there is no shame in needing to talk to your friends Mm. in needing to talk to someone that's trained in just sitting there and saying you know what I'm actually not okay Mm. at the moment and I really really need help there's no shame in that it's also a chemical thing like it needs to be treated it's not like it's the same as if you you know you're struggling with diabetes and you need insulin it's the same in the same way Uh, I mean yeah just my main thing is really that um I just want everyone to you know be more conscious of everyone else's feelings be so much more aware of things that are going on with your friends you know chat to everyone as much as you can genuinely and Mm. really truly ask how people are 
and get as deep yeah. as you can seeing those problems you know help as much as you can and um yeah I'm just I'm all about just spreading positivity at the moment and just being as loving and as open as I can and always I always always say if anyone needs me and if anyone needs to message me then please please do mm. on Instagram or on anything <laughs> <laughs> well that's a kind offer yeah, um always always it's been so lovely to talk to you Harriet um and if you guys want to go and check Harriet out and um, see her page and stuff or give her a message, um, her Instagram is at Harriet Russell. Um, Russell spelt with two S's and two L's. And yeah, as always, you can find me on my Instagram at live.ingwithocd. Um, and you will see all the news for the podcast and upcoming things over on there. Thanks for listening, everyone.